This episode is sponsored by Echo. Hear clearly, care confidently. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O health.com. And use code JSP for $50 off any stethoscope. Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, how's it going, man? It is going swell. It's the beginning of March, and it's 72 degrees outside. So That's true. Yeah. It was like 80 yeah. this week here. I, I, <laughs> yeah. We had the, like the back door open to the clinic. It was Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, so anytime someone says to me the words, climate change doesn't exist, I'm like, well, it snowed nine inches a week ago. And I'm wearing shorts today. So I think <laughs> there's some evidence to the contrary, but I digress. It's uh, It's been well. Work is actually doing really good. We're still seeing plenty of COVID and other illnesses, but I mean, I'm just going to say it for the risk of ruining things, but it does feel like we've hit a good spot for once in a couple of years. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I mean, I think at least... In my office, we're seeing less direct COVID patients. The other thing that I'm seeing now, Tom, and I'm curious about on your end, all these patients who didn't get routine health care for several years during this pandemic, you know, the diabetes, the hypertensions, the COPD years, this last few weeks, I've been just inundated with like annual exams, preventative stuff, all this stuff that has kind of went by the wayside. We are seeing quite a few catch-ups. I don't know that I want to say it's been a snowstorm of them, but I, I don't know. It, it just honestly, it's an overall sense of, hey, we don't feel like everything's going to be the end of the world. It's like every day you walk into work during the pandemic was like, what was going to happen today? Like, you know, there was always the looming word of, well, they might shut down our office saying because I work for a larger hospital system. So they might shut down the office and disperse all of us to go help out in COVID hotspots. And there was always this talk of, well, what are we going to do next? Oh, half the people are out because they're sick or they have symptoms, whatever. But for once in a couple of years, it finally feels like, hey, I, I don't have to come to work and worry about is there a COVID overrun or half our staff is out or so, you know. I, I feel like business on the patient side is moving very well, but not unusual. It just, I feel like on the staff side, there's a collective sigh of relief. And I don't, I, I'm almost afraid to do it because I feel like, it, what if it's too soon? And it could be, but it is nice for the first time to to breathe easy. Yeah, no, I definitely would agree that, you know, just taking that nice little breath of air. Tom, we are doing things backwards the way that, you know, to the listener, it'll sound the same, but for us, we're doing it backwards in that we've already recorded our interview, and it was a wonderful interview that we're going to get to. There's this, you know, little event going on in D.C., Tom. I don't know. 
yeah, maybe you've heard of it. This, yeah, uh, maybe maybe United once or Versus twice. March. Yeah, you know. yeah. We reached out to Dr. Sandy Rizaldi, who is the head of Nurses Against Violence Unite, and she came on the show. She brought Nurse Juna on the show with her, who's from Beautiful Nurses Magazine. And we talk all about the march. We talk about the important legislation behind this that hopefully some of this march will get to push through. They talk about three bills, and I, I will let you guys listen to the show so you can hear it or look it up more on the websites that we're going to talk about. Uh, there's a bill for nurse violence. There's a bill for nurse staffing ratios. There's a bill for stopping racism within the healthcare. There's also the platform for other things that may eventually become bills or that we're going to support to become bills. We also talk, and I think it's vitally important that we talk about how Congress and the American Hospital Association is trying to backdoor put a cap on wages for travel nurses, which is completely the wrong thing. All right. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about in healthcare and spending and blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you right now, the critical component is not travel nurses and their pay. Okay. That's not the critical component in this. So for everybody out there that isn't deeply invested in this, they don't know a lot about what's going on. Look into it because that's what basically what they're trying to say is all these nurses, instead of addressing the actual issues and how to fix them in healthcare, they just said, let's just cap nurses pay. Well, that's the wrong move. And so hopefully that's also uh, something that's going to be addressed more thoroughly in the future. And hopefully we can stop from happening now. So it was a fun episode, but I feel that both Dr. Sandy and nurse Juna made some really good points and they, have a really good movement going and i hope everybody listening to this gives them their support i think it's great that the nursing profession is standing up now as a collective saying we have your attention now you're going to listen to us here's what we want to talk about we need to get this fixed and so i thoroughly thoroughly hope that we're able to move mountains with this march it's the united nurses march we'll talk a whole lot more about that in the interview but I cannot say enough great things about what I hope comes from this event. I think it's time to do your uh, favorite thing in the world, Ben. Well, that would be our social media shout out, Tom. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Is that what it is? It is. Oh, okay, just checking. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube all at Just Some Podcast. Our website, www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email, jsp at justsomepodcast.com. Don't forget to check out all our other shows we have under the Just Some Podcast media umbrella. We got... David Metzger over there on Nurse Papa. Also, you know, an author, by the way, his book's out. You can pick that up. We got Pollyanna Amazing with Buried Pleasures. And then you got these other guys, that these nobodies that are on uh, We'll Continue to Monitor that, uh, yeah, you know. I heard they're jerks. Real jerks. Yeah, that's what I hear, too. But I heard that one of them's beautiful. That's what you're going to find out later. Secret, Uh, side note, uh, one of them's beautiful. Spoiler alert. Uh, Tom, if they want to help out the show, what else could they do? Well, the first thing they could do is they could go to the Just Some Podcast website. They could scroll down to just about the bottom of the page. They might even find an Amazon affiliate link. If they click on that before they do any searching, shopping, put anything in their cart, anything after that will help out the show. It doesn't cost them a thing. We would really appreciate it. Also, I want to take a moment and I get to talk to some people that listen to the shows frequently and sometimes they have great things to say, sometimes they don't. But A nurse practitioner by the first name of Carrie has done a lot of uh, talking to me and about the show, and 
just made a big deal about wanting to hear her name on the show and a shout out. So Carrie, here it is. And don't do any of those bad things that you're not supposed to be doing. So there you go. That's that's what the shout out this week is for, Ben. I like it. I like the you know, maybe you need to make that a uh, regular event on JSV. Just yeah. a, a shout so out. Who's the episode shout out this week, Tom? Oh, I got a it's couple go lined up. To, yeah. But this week, this week is Carrie. In Walla Walla, Washington. Hey, see what you did. Stop yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Carrie will know what she did and why she should never do it again. But the point is, is, uh, yeah, maybe we could do that. There are several people that need shout outs. And uh, I just decided this week we've done it before, Ben. We've done shout outs. And it's always nice when listeners take the time and effort to contact us or talk to us about the show. So I find it's only fair for me to uh, give them a little shout out when they do so. So there it is. I think that's wonderful. And Carrie, I don't know what you did, but don't do it again. Oh, she knows what she <laughs> did. And it was terrible. It was a terrible thing. On, I guess, that note, we're going to throw it to the interview. Enjoy the interview. UnitedNursesMarch.com. We have a couple of great special guests with us tonight. We have Dr. Sandy Rizaldi and we have Nurse Juna. And they are from the United Nurses March. Ladies, how are you doing this evening? Fantastic. We're Thank you doing, so much. Doing great. We're doing beautiful. Well, we are so happy to have you here do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? My name is Dr. Sandy, Dr. Sandra Rizaldi, and I have been in nursing for over 30 years. I am the founder and president of Nurses Against Violence Unite, which is a 501c3 that was founded in 2017 and made a nonprofit in 2018. I'm Nurse Juna, and I am so happy to be here. I'm Nurse Juna of Beautiful Nurses Magazine where we do all things beautiful, not just for nurses, but anybody who nurses a soul. And I was excited to, you know, just work with my sister here on something that is just really, really needed in nursing and healthcare for all of us. Absolutely. Collaborating with this United Nurses March is going to be amazing. This is going to be a monumental and historical event that's coming up on May 12th. Yes. Well, that segues into a great question. So May 12th, and it's in Washington, D.C., correct? Yes, it's in Washington, D.C. It's We have the permits that are going to start. on. Um, we're going to start over at the Washington Monument, and then we have the march route down Constitution Avenue to Pennsylvania, then 3rd Avenue, I believe it's 3rd Avenue. It's 3rd, and then down back again towards Washington Monument on Independence. So we have the route we have the place of the party, and it's all solidified, and we're just working on the details now. Can you kind of elaborate on how this all came together? Like, what started it, and then how did you form the idea, and just kind of take us through that? The initial concept, as we all know, came from a beautiful nurse. And if you go to the United Nurses March, we give credence to that. That's a beautiful thing. And from there became other entities that wanted to be a part of that and wanted and had their own ideas. And so we're just an organization that came together. I started the United Nurses March piece as far as that's concerned. And then I was like, okay, I just wanted us all to come together and unify. And then Sandy had this piece. And then we just moved from there to as far as the workplace violence, Unite was already an engine working towards that path. And we just all came together and said, okay, we're just going to come on United Front and cover the issues that we've all had in nursing for many, many years. I've been a nurse for 22 plus years. And so there's so much that we need to cover. And we just came together and did it that way. 
So the original idea, the, mm-hmm. the spark of this whole idea of having a march, a lot of us were already thinking about having a march anyway, because we've had enough in society, period. Mm-hmm. Like with the way that things are going with workplace violence, staffing ratios, now they were talking about capping pay and then the incivility that's just brewing inside of mm-hmm. healthcare. The spark of the idea came from Veronica Marshall. And then we have just, uh, we were the engine behind making all of this stuff with the logistics and making sure that everything was going to be functional and solid for all nurses to be in a safe environment that we would have no hitches, hopefully. Hmm. <laughs> what is kind of the platforms? I know that like, you guys have kind of alluded to some of that, but I, I want to make sure that we get that out there very specifically. We have the Workplace Violence Act. It covers workplace violence in regards to toughening up OSHA, making it more penalties towards facilities and more protections for the employees that are reporting these workplace violence incidences. Um, I've been working with uh, Joe Courtney's office, which is the person that introduced the bill. I believe it was like last year. I don't have it exactly in front of me to cover all the important things that we need right now. It's a start. It's not the final. Of course, we can always We need more protection out there. And then we also have the staffing ratios. I believe it's House of Representatives 3165. And that one is addressing tougher penalties where they have to actually explain why their staffing ratios are that level, right? Where workplace violence bill does not address that, but it has reached the Senate, right? So it's already passed the House of Representatives and it's reached the Senate. Now we have to do that final push for the vote for Senate. And then it goes to the president to be signed. So we're so close with the workplace violence bill. We just need to push it, right? And then the bills that were introduced just last year was the staffing ratios one and also the anti-racism bill that is talking about protections, you know, as the public health act to make sure that there's violence prevention with not only police, the police force, but also more protections inside of healthcare facilities for people of a different nationality or race and also pay caps. What would be the implications that would happen if pay caps were introduced and this should be a bill that was introduced? So what would happen if like pay caps completely just started? Mm-hmm. What would happen? What would happen to patients? What would happen to staffing? What would happen to morale? What would happen to the violence with the patients that are upset Towards, towards the nurses because we're the very front line and the nurses' aides. What happens? What does that look like? And then opening up that piece when you're starting to cap salaries, when you think of nurses, which is more of a gender-related profession, I haven't heard of them capping salaries for other entities that way. So why are you capping our salaries? So that opens up a whole nother piece yeah. that you probably aren't, you weren't <laughs> prepared for here, but that's something we have discussed as well. And we want to talk about like, why are we trying to cap nurses? I think that is something that's very important. And I want to talk about all this stuff. So, but I do want to say as a male nurse and a male nurse practitioner, it is eye-opening to come into healthcare and see sexism that blatant in front of you. And I know Ben and I have talked about it before in other episodes, but I couldn't tell you how many times when me and a female physician would walk into a room, they would look at me and start talking as if I was the doctor. And I I don't know how many times I stood behind them making the no, not me symbol, like pointing over. And 
I so I don't want to say it was always like rude or mean like they never demeaned the women for being but yeah it's it's very much it was eye-opening to watch it happen so while i think it's all very important and i do want to talk about all of it i would like to start with house bill i think it's 1195 on violence because violence is something we've actually done whole episodes on it's something very close and dear to me and one of the things i think is really great about this house bill that's been pushed through is we have talked about the micro level like things you watch for some patient's behaviors but to truly make shifting changes these macro issues that you guys are addressing in this house bill 1195 such as making osha make people responsible is brilliant and i think if you actually want to see major changes you can't do just the micro stuff you have to make the macro and i just think it's fantastic that you guys are pushing this through i want to hear more about like what kind of came around with this or what led you guys to formulate it this way or talk to people about why it's formulated this way but i found something really interesting you said it's been pushed through the senate have you got any outright support or pushback from members of the senate like has any senate senators come out and said we totally support this or has there anybody that's famously said i won't vote for it is there any pushback it looked like it was not unanimous so it's not completely at the senate it's going to the senate and while we're actually in washington they're going to be working on these bills so to try to get these representatives to come out and we're going to, we're trying to get them to talk to the public, you know, when we're at the, the march itself and to march with us and to talk to us a little bit more about these bills. So now it's at, so basically we need to thank the house of representatives for getting it passed mm-hmm. and then getting it through and just say, okay, so guys, now this is, you see all of us here, mm-hmm. this is all of us supporting Mm-hmm. And then have the capacity where we're looking into something where we can have like also like intricate details where we can hopefully do a vote, uh, a mass email all at once when we're there. The whole thing would be like, thank you so much for doing this. And it would be like, I don't know, we'll say 100,000 emails all at one time. I mean, that's pretty massive, right, for support for the bill to pass. It'll probably be more than that, right? So it's very important. So the workplace violence thing for me was when I started all of this whole thing with nurses against violence, like this has been kind of something that I've been very passionate about because what happens on the floor, people, when we went into nursing, it was because either a situation that happened in our own personal lives or something that we wanted to change. Some people went in just for the paycheck, which I'm going to take those people away. And we're just going to talk about the people that have a passion. So when we go and we talk about workplace violence, well, how does that affect everything and not only our work lives, but also on our personal lives? So at home, you have historically domestic violence, we'll just say in the household, not hopefully not, but people would want to go to work to get away from all of that. Primarily, we have single family homes which you have one parent providing for all the children, possibly not any support. So we have many factors where these people are going to work to lose themselves in the service of others, per Maya Angelou. So it's very important that we understand, well, we're in this field because we want to give back and find answers. And that's why a lot of us have have continued our education to make that change. So when we have, when we look at it, 
domestic violence and workplace violence are literally almost the same thing, just with a different face, right? Just with a different name is what I'm talking about. And when we learn, like a lot of the things when we talk about moral injury, we talk about, and I know I'm going a little bit more and beyond, and I apologize. When we talk about moral injury, it is literally learned helplessness. And that is what employers and has has pushed us even with the example of the of not having face masks and using that funding towards raises and all of these like little tiny things that people are like dismissed like violence is a part of the job that nothing's going to change anyway why report i mean this historically when i was doing my research for my project which is preventing patient on nurse violence through education that was my doctorally project my doctor project. I went from reporting to finding out the trail of where that reporting went to everything that led up to where we are today. Like the joint commission saying a sentinel event number 59, talking about patient and verbal and physical abuse, the ANA responding with the end nurse abuse panel. That was, I was on that. I was very honored and telling them and showing them all of the details that I have found. And then the not even addressing any of that. So um, pretty much feeling ignored. I was very much excited to start Nurses Against Violence because I felt that the bedside nurse and those that work with patients at the bedside needed to have a voice, needed to have somebody that's going to open up from all of the things that we see on the floor, even the male nurses that are used and abused by nurses because they have the strength, right? That's subtle. Right. I mean, you have a back that could get hurt. Right. So it's like these little tiny things that chip away Mm -hmm. and crack that egg to the point that it literally has broken so many of us Mm -hmm. to the point that now we are all recognizing that this is more. And some people still don't realize that they just want staffing fixed. And I'm going to get to that analogy that will hopefully make some sense. Mm -hmm. But when you have all of this like cartoons, we'll say when we were younger. Oh, cartoons are getting violent and it's desensitizing. What do you think has been happening in nursing all of these years? So now we're thinking and we're expecting that violence is just another part Part of of the day. Yeah, it's a part of the job. So therefore you expect more and you want a pay raise. Well, I'm sorry, but if you get a pay raise and you're accepting the poor conditions and saying, I just wanted a pay raise for these bad conditions. Where are we going to put our hands up and say, you know what, I'm done. And now we have nurses leaving the bedside in in droves and going to get paid what they're worth. But that comes with a price, a pretty big price. And I'll let Nurse Juna, (laughs) I'll let my friend here talk about that. But we have this thing with the staffing. And I'm going to give you an analogy, okay? And hopefully I could, people will understand. So you have, and I'm going to put it as in money, okay? And then I'm going to shift it. You have the rich man that's cultivated, or woman, we'll say woman, a rich woman that has cultivated and loved her money, grown her money, taken care of her money. You know exactly where I'm going with this one. You have the person that won the lottery and has all this money and just goes out and blows it on Lamborghinis and just blows all of the money. Who cares, right? I'm rich and then finds himself broke. Now, let's put in staffing laws, shall we? This person has loved and cared for their staff and loved them. We have, on the other hand, we have this person that was forced to get laws passed, and they're not so happy because now they're feeling like I'm wasting my money. 
and us, all this other stuff, right? Whatever goes in hand with this dysfunction. Do you think that they're going to really keep their staff as the culture? There certainly is a culture, especially when like the American Hospital Association is the one that has pushed to have travel nurses pay capped. I mean, I, I see exactly where you're going with this analogy, and I, I do think that there has to be protections put into place, especially for staffing ratios in hospitals. And I do think the nurse violence issue can mix well with the staffing and ratio bill. And I think that they both, I think all the bills that we're going to talk about tonight will be passed, but it's easy to band them together because it's about protecting people if you think about all of them. Are about protecting people. So I think it is easy to band them together. And I can see how the lattice work builds between each bill. I hope that more people learn about this. And that's why we're doing the show. We try and do educational for not just nurse practitioners, but anybody in healthcare. And we actually have a lot of non-healthcare listeners. So I think it's important that for everyone listening to this tonight understands how pervasive this topic, all these topics are in healthcare. And how COVID exposed that to a greater level. Yeah. For all the things we were just, you know, the many jobs that I've been fired from because I stood up. <laughs> for the many times I've been like, <laughs> <too>. you know, <laughs> like this is crazy. But what we did not know, and that's why I created um, an organization that's going to be owned by, nur- that is owned by nurses for nurses. Be on the lookout for that. She's on the team. But we don't know the business as nurses. We don't know the business of healthcare a lot of times. And so we don't sit at those tables. And so for me, I knew that, but I had so many nurses mean meant well, Juna, go to work, go to this job, go to the next. And when I became a manager in, in those leadership roles, I realized it is the business of all of this. So I'm a manager, I'm gonna be short staffed or things are gonna aren't gonna come together for my team. And I know that, but a pigeonhole, or I can't really say anything about it. And I go back out and I give all these niceties and a pizza party and this and that. And I know could care really not too much about, they it, They don't, it wasn't a, it's business. And I don't want to say nobody didn't care. It's the business of it all. And once I realized that, I said, okay, something has to be done. But I didn't have the sisterhood and brotherhood or those of us who were kind of advocating for that. I don't think it wasn't any way to kind of bring us all together. That's what COVID did. And so at that point, it kind of, wow, they are important. We can make these provisions for them because we can. And so now that COVID is do, is kind of resolving and it's kind of, we have that window of opportunity where we have to act because it will go back to business as usual. Oh, absolutely. And so that's why these acts and, you know, I appreciate you guys. And I know mm-hmm. Dr. Sandy does too, that you have these platforms where we can really make a change and make a difference. And educate um, because and educate. a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand. And we have nursing students. So like, I mean, I have the floor, you know, I've been on the floor and I'm also an educator. And we have students that have scenario-based education that are hitting the floor and they're burnt out. We have nurses that have seen thousands of people die that have held their hands. I mean, mm-hmm. this is affecting something that's not even been talked about in nursing school. 
because it's teaching the test for the most part for the past, the nine class, uh, the NCLEX. I always say the NCLEX. So, <laughs> yeah, don't laugh at me. It's just no, it's- so, I mean, teaching to the test, which some schools are quality and mm-hmm. some schools just teach to the test because the nursing students they just want to get through and they're just so done because the incivility a lot of the incivility that you have the burnt out nurse going into education because they think it's an easy job. It is hell. Being an educator is hell. Okay. And then you have people that are, you know, that just, you know, they want you to give them an A. And I never made, I listen, we all scratch through to try to get through <laughs> the basic nursing school program. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, you can make all the A's you want later on, but that is a very intense program. But historically, you have this thing where you have a maternity nurse, and this is very this is a, a huge problem that we're seeing. You have a maternity nurse, or you have a nurse of a different specialty teaching the whole program, or you have them because you don't have enough educators because nobody wants to do the job that you have to fill in the blanks, and you have somebody filling making a whole new curriculum. Do you think with the frameworks that's very bare bones then that I've received in Florida, and what do you do when you have this bare bones? curriculum, you're going to focus more on your specialty. You're not going to talk about severe mental illness. You're not going to talk about addiction. You're not going to talk about the severe trauma that people are facing. The reach for all of this dysfunction within the world of nursing and healthcare, this has to happen so that the generations and the ones that come behind us and the ones that are coming new into the field are able to be great leaders and to have the autonomy to be safe, to be protected, you know, to, to speak to these things and not think, oh, okay, I'm just, maybe it is me. Cause I know in nursing, a lot of times I felt like it was me, but there was a spirit always raging in me, Juna, it's not you. And COVID was a horrific thing. I, I, I worked COVID the last two, it was horrific, but the beauty and the blessing in that is that we were able to talk about some topics and some new things came about that for change in our profession. And so talking about coping mechanisms, talking about the things that nurses need to succeed on the reality of nursing, Mm -hmm. that's what's really happening out on the floor to talk about. And when they're prepared, they go out to the floors. They know how to handle difficult nurses. They know how to deal with difficult, you know, uh, patients. But what they don't know how to work with is the incivility that they're receiving from their administrators Mm -hmm. and how to report. Yeah, I do think one positive thing that came out of COVID and kind of, and Nurse Jenna kind of alluded to it earlier. I think the, if we take like the Wizard of Oz analogy, healthcare has kind of been this, you know, it's the Wizard of Oz. And now for the first time post pandemic, the public is going to get to see the man behind the curtain. And they're going to see all the dirty details and everything that goes on in healthcare that I think honestly, if the general public knew most of the shit that nurses put up with, they would be amazed that we stay in those professions. If you do a talk to somebody who's a carpenter and you said, do you expect to get hit while you're at work? They're going to tell you no. Mm-hmm. But like you said, in nurses, it's part of the job. It's or, part of the job. You know, with a carpenter, if you said, well, we expect you to build four houses at one time, they would look at you like you're crazy. But staffing ratios, things of that nature with nurses, it's just always been part of the job. And that comes to the health of nurses because, and it all comes under, you know, that staffing piece where the health of us, for me, sometimes when I would walk onto the floor before in my car, I'm like, 
you don't, I'm already anxious. I don't know what I'm getting ready to get. And it took me a while to kind of realize why am I not wanting to go to work today? Why am I, I literally, I would just get anxiety because I don't know, I know we're short. I, I don't know if we're going to have an appropriate, appropriate nurse patient ratio. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, you add on to, oh, you don't have an aid. Okay, we don't have an aid. Okay, you don't have this. You don't have that. And then you've got this person around with a clipboard walking around, the beautiful charge nurse. Did you write your name on the whiteboard? The whiteboard, Folks yeah. <laughs> who don't write their name on the whiteboard, um, we're going to have to report you to management. So you're already walking into a situation. I had to put some light there. You're already walking into a situation of the unknown. And so when it comes to the, the, the patient ratios and talking about that, it's just very important to understand that it goes beyond that even. It affects our health. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes a, a situation where you have more nurses leaving the bedside as we're talking about now. So that nursing staff patient ratio standard that we're wanting to take action against is highly, highly important. And that's going to be Act HR 3165, I believe it is, uh-huh, that we're pushing for that because it's a whole embodiment of things. But just for me, I'm very concerned about nurses and their health. Mm-hmm. And we all have known somebody that we've lost along the way <clears throat> to cancer and to all these other things. And, and we're starting to realize it came as a result of the job. Yeah, because the epigenetics mm-hmm. of the persons, you know, because you, so your cells, you can actually bring a, about some of these illnesses that we are, mm-hmm. you know, getting. Like you can, when, okay, so with epigenetics, I'm sure you guys, know what this is. It's like your body has its own safe, right? Everybody's born with a set of genetics, right? Of course, right? So, but everybody has a different combination. Mm -hmm. So I have a different combination, you have a different, and then it's just the right things. It could be like, we'll say more smoking than drinking and then no drugs. And then just how that combination lies. And then when it hits and it clicks and it opens, there's your schizophrenia, there's your bipolar there. And it triggers these things that you would never think that you would ever receive, but it's in your genes or what can your body even, can, stressors bring on serious problems. And then we have nurses committing suicide not having an outlet to talk to anybody. And that's where Nurses Against Violence has historically came in to help nurses to be able to talk about the problems that they face. And so that going back to the nurse patient ratio to stay on topic and that all is the topic, part of the topic, the discussion. But that is why that's so very important. You know what I'm saying? Because it goes beyond people say, oh, just we'll try to get you some help tonight. You know what I'm saying? It's more than just that. It's the health of us. Tom, 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 that 3M Lippman core digital stethoscope. I don't know how you're not hearing things from across the room with that thing. Ben, Ben, Ben. See, I would have heard you the first time if I'd been wearing my 3M Lippman core digital stethoscope, but I don't have it on right now. But uh, I do feel like I can hear things across the room. Almost, but let's be realistic, Ben. It is a game-changing piece of equipment. I use it every day. I've talked about it so much that people have gone to the website and bought it using the JSP code. And I really encourage everybody listening to it today, 
give it a listen. Find somebody that has one. I guarantee you it'll blow your mind and your ears, and you'll want one after you listen. Yeah, 40-time application, noise cancellation, wireless auscultation via the Bluetooth app. It truly, truly is an amazing piece of equipment. And anybody that's in healthcare knows you use your stethoscope very, very frequently. This is an amazing stethoscope. I will even go as far as saying this this would be the official stethoscope of JSV. I mean, let's just make it official. It's now the official stethoscope. If you want to find out more, that's echohealth.com, ekohealth.com. Use code JSV. You get $50 off your stethoscope and let them know that we sent you. Tom, I'm going to tell you, I've started using this CBD oil from CBD Stat, and I mainly use it on nights that I can't sleep. I battle insomnia, and I truly feel like I get much more restful sleep when I use this. Ben, I've used several of the CBD Stat products. I have not used the drops for sleeping yet, though I trust you when you say that you're getting a lot better sleep because all the products I have tried so far have worked amazing. I've used the warming salve, I've used the calming cream, and I've used the muscle roll-on, and all have worked for me every time. And it's just, it really has done a lot. And again, these are products I've actually used, and they work well. And this is a high-quality, THC-free CBD oil. It is produced right here in the United States. And CBD Stat, they love their healthcare workers, Tom. So what they have is a permanent, I'm going to say that again, permanent 40% discount for all healthcare workers at cbdstat.care slash healthcare. And you fill out that information form and you get 40% off your order. The other thing that they have done, because they are just amazing people over at CBD Stat, if you're not in healthcare, because we know we have a lot of non-healthcare listeners and you want to try these wonderful products, go to cbdstat.care. When you order, put JSP20 in your coupon code. They're giving you 20% off just because you listen to this show. How amazing is that? Guys, it's a great deal. They're great products. They're made by good people right here in the United States. I can't stress it enough. It's something I've actually used. And let me just tell you, it works for me. I can't suggest it enough. That's cbdstat.healthcare if you're a healthcare worker. If you're not a healthcare worker, it's cbdstat.care. Use code JSP20 for 20% off. I really have thought about how many cases or what is the plan to treat all these nurses and not just nurses, respiratory therapists, x-ray techs, aides, everybody that's going to have PTSD, that's going to have anxiety, crippling depression after taking care of patients in this manner. And again, that's one of the things, and I know we're getting close to the end, so I'll try and wrap this up, but I, I think it's important for people that aren't in healthcare to also hear what we're talking about, because a lot of the times the people at the top are not, they're not medical professionals, right? You know, they're CEOs with an MBA and they're looking at numbers and they're not looking at people. Yeah, they're looking at the business. And and so I, I think it's vitally important for all these topics. And I hope that anybody listening to this can get a hold of the representative and say, hey, there's three very important bills. And maybe a fourth one needs to be created, you know, as we're talking about things. But I I really hope that people get the word out and we get you guys a lot of support. Absolutely. And And Sandy's going to and Sandy's definitely going to speak to that. And that's what that movement is for um, owned by nurses for nurses so that anybody that houses employees has any partnership with nurses and healthcare workers and those and within those entities, we have a seat at that table and we've never had that. So that's what. We're going to be working on, but I'll let her speak to the importance because I know you got to wrap up of this 
And this is, and this is another important component of what I bring to nurses against violence and what I've started where I wanted to have a practice that has nurses to be able and healthcare workers be able to come and talk that don't have any kind of retribution or any uh, ties to their insurance. So their employer has no idea they can talk freely. As far as the bill uh, 3165, if you go on unitednursesmarch.com, you can see more details about the staffing bill, which is really cool because some of it has to do about taking adverse actions against nurse bait, a nurse based on the nurse's re- reasonable refusal to accept an assignment, discriminate against individuals for good faith complaints relating to the care services or conditions of the hospital or related facilities, basically making civil monetary penalties to the facilities for not adhering to somebody's education background, that they're not safe. You remember the med surgeon nurses taking on 10 vents during COVID? That is a huge problem. And that is only a portion of the issues that we see. And it does tie into violence along with the other component with the anti, you know, we also have the other component for the anti-racism and stuff like that. We could talk at another time, which we can go into more length. But so it's basically that other bill for staffing is holding them accountable mm-hmm. for the the issues that they're creating, which is also has to do with the violence component to it. Yes. And all of that, actually, when she was, you mentioned the anti-racism piece. If you look at nurses against violence and what they embody, it all falls underneath that, you know. And as a black nurse in this profession, I can attest to you that you it's almost like what you said with the doctor. I'm in there doing all that. Can you get my nurse? Are you the CNA? It's just that it's immediately you're a black woman. There's no way that you could possibly be able to take care of me. And then you add on to that, then the violence of it, the name calling and the derogatory comments. And so that's violence that at at some point in time, that's abusive. And so, you know, it's important for us to understand with the HR bill. And I will be working closely with the representative who's, who has oversight over that bill in reference to anti-racism within healthcare. And we're hoping to just add more to that. You know what I'm saying? There's some conversations that need to happen, but I know when we come to the approach for this March and we embody, and this woman has a beautiful heart, she really does. And we embody all. I'm one of those, I'm one of those sisters, as they would say, I, I, I don't shoot from the hip. I shoot directly. And nobody can tell the story as good as you do when you've gone through it. And I I know my story and I know who I am. And so we work as a strong team to say as nurses, for all nurses, what is your issue? What are you having? We got everybody in place and we're going to take care of this. So we're excited about these bills. I am really excited to work on with Representative Presley and contacting her for that bill on the anti-racism within healthcare. And just, we want this, you know, that's my slogan. If it ain't beautiful, I don't want it. I'm all things beautiful. And I just really, that's my thing. I get those extra hugs. Did you see pictures of Ben and I then before this show? Because if you're just about things beautiful, I mean, I know I would be okay, but Ben, you might have needed to look at his picture again before you started this episode. I know Ben is cute. It's so important that we also understand the fact that even though that we're at the now, I'm now in the nurse practitioner role, whatever happens on the floor affects us. 
as nurse practitioners. So we can't ignore, and I know doctors are probably listening to this in all of, in, in PAs, and we have to understand what happens on the floor trickles out to even the public. Yes. Well, and I think it's also important that this is not just on the floor. I mean, yes, these bills and the specific topics tonight, but healthcare breakdown, healthcare violence. I think where we need to start is in the hospitals, and that's for sure. You know, a vulnerable uh, group of nurses, they need to be protected, especially after everything that's happened with COVID, for sure. But this is something also, like I said, Ben and I have talked about many times on this show, even in our family practice offices. We deal with verbal abuse, physical intimidation, stuff like that. So I think the most important and the ground zero where we need to start is in hospitals. And I think once society and culture starts going, hey, they're not taking it anymore, it is no longer acceptable because and there's a million factors and I won't get into all of them tonight. But again, Ben and I have covered this many times on the show that I think when you started turning healthcare into a service industry versus a care for people industry, Mm -hmm. suddenly they felt that they could act this way. And far too often the nurses or the healthcare worker, again, the aide, the respiratory therapist, whoever's in the room gets blamed for the actions of the patient or the patient family. And we've got to stop that. And I know I've said that a million times, you know, when I was a nurse, before I had a podcast, I've said it a million times since, and I know this is something Ben and I have really focused on. So before we do anything else, Ben, do you have any last questions do you think for our guest tonight? I don't have a last question. I just want to implore that, and I had the ability to speak to some faculty members at a local college that I sit on the nursing advisory board for, and I implored them to tell their students, you've got to get involved and advocacy. You've got to advocate for yourself. You got to advocate for your profession because if, and and Tom and I have said this before, even if you're not aware of what's going on, as far as if there's going to be a bill passed or not, your very life can change. Your practice can change around you and you have no idea about it. You've got to make yourself aware of this stuff. You've got to be, you know, not only are we patient advocates as nurses, but you've got to be your own advocate and you got to be a nursing advocate as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, we've had that taken away from us. Mm-hmm. And to learn helplessness where we can't, no matter how hard we try, we can't, mm-hmm. but we will. I think something that to build on in the future is once, once we build that base foundation of safety, safe ratios is to go after nursing education and say, what can we do to make things better? Because far too often, and again, I said this when I was a student, I said it when I was a nurse and I'm saying it now is I, I understand the importance of the NCLEX or the NICLEX. I kind of want to call it that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I truly do. And I think a national safety standard and certifying exam is absolutely necessary. And I'm okay with that. However, far too often, I think schools teach to the test instead of actually teaching how to be a nurse. And they're under the impression, I can teach you some theory, teach you the NCLEX. And then when you get on the floor, some other nurse is going to teach you how to be a nurse. And while that's working, okay, I don't want to say it's not. I think we're still producing the best nurses in the world. Boy, that's a pretty thin premise to build an entire profession on. And with the rate of good nurses leaving, who's going to be left to teach? And again, I'm not trying to take against the teachers. I'm just saying, let's face the facts. A lot of your actual hands-on application, use of the knowledge and teaching you actually how to do it is done at the bedside by a veteran nurse. And when they're all gone, who is there to teach the next generation? You know, the American public, 
took nurses for granted for too long. I I would be honestly a little worried in general America at this point, like based on the fragility of the nurses corps. So most definitely. And I, and I applaud you for that. I really applaud you because I have taught CNA and LPN and part of, and, and Sandy, you can speak to this because you, of course you are at a higher level of dealing with this, but, um, I saw the importance of adding that social, that um, clinical professional piece. So it wasn't just when you were in my class or in clinicals, how do you articulate yourself? How do you speak to someone? How do you address the physician? Knowing that you have the autonomy when he comes in and he's all out of sorts or she's all out of sorts because they're the doctor, how to say that to them, hi, Dr. So-and-so, how are you? What can I help you with? The, the, just those people skills, professional skills. When um, somebody is badgering you, the patient, when your fellow colleagues are, you know, bullying you, how do you speak to that? Hi, so and so, are you having a problem with me? Can we go in here? And we those type of kind of life skills in the profession. Like you said, we send people off and we say, okay, manage how you will. But it's so much bigger than that, and because of the pandemic, we're seeing how all of that is just unraveling, you know, how it unraveled. So with my doctoral project, I prevent, I, I created the first violence for prevention program for nurses and healthcare workers. And I have it trademarked and copywritten. And I talk about it a lot with a lot of my webinars about how we can prevent violence in healthcare. And a lot of that has to do with the social piece. Yes. It has to talk about like, how can we if we see somebody that having the mindset that if somebody comes in and we know that Mr. Smith is seeking, we're not going to, we're not going to prevent that person from, we're not going to, they're not going to stop their addiction in three days or whatever time <laughs> exactly. frame they're going to be there. So we are not their judge and jury, right? We are there to take care of the patient and getting out of that mindset. And that's hard when you're taught from teachers telling you, oh, well, Mr. Smith is a seeker and so forth. Take the judgment out just take care of the patient and have their appropriate assessment criteria in order to be able to take care of that patient and not just at an upper level. Absolutely. Just saying. We don't don't, don't want to let all the goodies out the bag, but there's some great training tools. Well, she already has some in place, but we got some great training tools to help nurses. And the ones that I created, I based them off of my career of how, and it's worked for me. You know, like when the nurse, you know, if even and I share with Sandy for the nurse that I feel may be having issues with my race or something like that. I've built beautiful friendships just by saying, hey, nurse sister, those are my favorite. And I mean it. Let's go in here and talk. Let's talk about some things. And we start to unravel together. Now, imagine that happening on a grander, a greater scale scale. And I'm using it off of what I tangibly know has worked for me numerous times, numerous of times to just change that small area where I'm at. Can you imagine? And so I put I created a tool for that where we can have that type of climate and I can educate other people on how to do that. Good dialogue. And do it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And that no matter what is going on in that space while you're working, you stay beautiful. You stay centered. And then that way, you know, because we've got a thousand things going on as nurses. Oh, yeah. 
But a lot of people just don't know how, you know what I'm saying? And that's just my passion. We have the cell phone population <laughs> that now in nursing school. Well, Nurse Juna, I, I just don't know how to do anything but be beautiful. So I'm going to work on it. But, but Oh, Tom. I mean, I, I, ma'am, I, I, yeah, I just am. I just am. I don't know what else to do. I mean, I just, it's hard being, it's hard being this level. I don't know. It just, I don't know how to teach it really, honestly. It just, it's just a gift. I just use it. <laughs> I almost said with a straight face for a minute. Almost, I'm, so. almost. I'm sure your partner can attest to all of that. No, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When, when, when I think of the word beautiful, my face is yeah. what I yeah. just assume people are talking about. You just can't, so. you just can't tell it all. Yeah. <laughs> So before we get into our final segment of five questions with these two ladies, which is going to be a hoot, I think I do want to make sure, we, I do want to make sure that we plug the United nurses March again. It's going to be May 12th. That's a Thursday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern standard time, Washington, DC, United nurses, March.com. Did I get all that right? Yes. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Sandy, you want to tell everybody where they can find you with your websites, whatever you want to plug, please yeah. do. Thank you so much. So unitednursesmarch.com. It's also on the uh, nursesagainstviolence.org website. It's a page that I have specifically just for the march. And they can reach out to myself, um, reach out to Nurse Juna. And we have a few other beautiful people that are working with us to help us build the the structure of the march, as well as also the other great things that are about to happen. So you can reach out to myself. You can reach out to my team. We also have a Facebook page, United Nurses March. We also have an event link. We would appreciate if everyone could please register because we're working on scholarships. We would, that, This is our wish list, scholarships to give out the last day of Nurses Week. So we, we need to make it big, right? And give out a bunch of stuff. So we're looking for sponsors that want to come and help us with that. And this volunteers. is and we're yeah. And we're going to have we're going. Our goal is to have the biggest, the most memorable hug for our profession that we could possibly give not only ourselves, but everyone that couldn't join us to see how much they're loved and cared for. So and to push this legislation through because it's absolutely needed. Well, I want to thank you very much for having us on today. Thank you and, so much. And I'm looking forward and kind of terrified of to find out what <laughs> these five questions are. Good. We want you to be. That's good. You can find me at I'm Nurse Juna. It's just that. I-M-N-U-R-S-E Juna, CEO, founder of Beautiful Nurses Magazine, not just for nurses, but anybody who nurses the soul. And on social media, we're Beautiful Nurses Mag on IG and Beautiful Nurses Magazine on Facebook. So that's how you can find me if you want to reach out. I'm waiting for it. I, I would say, I'm just going to okay. make sure you have all my contact info so you can put me on the cover coming up. <laughs> I got to make sure. I got to, oh, yeah. you know, hey, it was going to be turn. I got to interview you all too because so this is going to really oh, be I am, go. I, Anytime. You just let me know. I just, I'm, I'm ready for that close up. Right there, get my good side. I'm Your whole glam shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, really, with a face like this, every side's my good side. So I mean, I'm ready to go at, at a moment's notice, ladies. I am. Oh. I just, you just can't. 
I don't just can't know. prepare for this level of what I'm bringing. So. Oh, Ben. Ben. This is what I deal with every week. <laughs> Join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guest as we ask five, 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 five questions. Okay, let's get into five questions. So just kind of let's know a little bit more about you. So we ask the same five questions to all of our guests. I ask the questions and Tom makes fun of your answers. It's really simple. And so, well, I'll ask you this question and then like, we'll let Dr. Sandy answer and then we'll let uh, Ms. June answer and we'll go from there. Don't overthink it. It's for fun. Just go with the moment. Okay. I promise. We've done this a hundred times, literally like, so That's it's it. all good. All right. <laughs> question one. What? Dr. Sandy, what's your favorite medical word? Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, stat. 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 That's a, we've not had that one, I don't think. Yeah. Is there a reason why you like stat? Yes, PRN med stat. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Make fun of that, Tom. Yeah, no, no, no. It it does it does a good enough job itself. So, no, no. all right, Nurse Juna, what's Nurse your favorite Juna. medical word? Yeah. Yeah. Two, three, four. Okay, all right, all right. What is my favorite? Let's see. Oh man, you all got me. I don't know. I look forward to these people coming around. Pulmonologist. I don't know. They just pulmonologist. <laughs> I like it. So, hold on. So I, I'll be real honest. I've never. We have never had pulmonologist as an answer either. Okay. So so, Nurse Gina, <laughs> yeah. how exactly did you come up with pulmonologist as, <laughs> as your favorite? I've said it the last two years. Where's the pulmonologist? <laughs> 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 so okay. Bad. You know what? where is the pulmonologist you know what no that's both these answers that get a flying pass there's no that, uh, that was a great answer yeah no, i like that dr Sam, question two if you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do what would it be Construction. <laughs> you think you know your friends. <laughs> do, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite show you watch or builder that you pay attention to? Not Bob the Builder. Me? You gotta go beyond that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. She wants to build. <laughs> yeah, she wants to build something. I just thought yeah. maybe, okay. No, no my I, wife is also the carpenter in our house, but she watches like seven different shows. She's like, no, no, no. Mike builds it right, says you need to do it this way. And I'm like, I don't even know who that is. So I didn't know if you had a show. No, I redid my house that I lived in and I loved it. It was very therapeutic, breaking things, and I just enjoyed it and then making it better. That was my therapeutic and yeah. That and there's nothing wrong. I okay. Nursing. I'm not even gonna lie. I love nursing yeah. as well. And everything, but if I had that, would be I would say my side thing that I would love to just be able to get a fixer upper and just 
therapeutically sledgehammer everything. Well, it's yeah, I would say it's hard to commit violence against a person holding a nail gun and a sledgehammer. So you are that makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. So violence that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. So Nurse Juna, if you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do, what would it be? I would just literally, I, I'm stuck between two. I love music and I love law, I, healthcare oh, law. Yeah. I just, I always love the legal side of things. Mm-hmm. I was so you, to do you think you'd go be a lawyer? Yeah. You, so you want to be, you want to be a lawyer? I would. I love, oh. I, I love, I love that aspect of things, getting things done that way. And having that type of it's knowledge. It's not like you need to be a senator and you could get these bills pushed through. See, that's what. Yeah. yeah. See, See, there you, you know, go. You could be the 504C6. Yeah, she's been educated. <laughs> I think I'm a, I, okay, I'll sing a song. <laughs> she could be our pack. She could work on her pack. I would say, if Nurse Juna, if you start a campaign, I'm just saying Ben and I will be your campaign managers. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll get you. Yeah, yeah. If you run for Senate, we'll be, your, right. we'll be your campaign managers. Uh, you're going to lose if you choose us. I'm just saying, but we would do it. So. Yeah. Hey, isn't that how uh, I started? Well, usually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got me on law, though. I was thinking. No, nope, you already said construction. You yeah, well, get a yeah, tool belt, no, 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 and she gets a three-piece suit. Off. There you go. That's how this works. That's a, nope. <laughs> uh, all right, Dr. Sandy, question three. Think back to your first car. Was it a stylish ride or a rolling turd? It was a rolling turd, but it was a Ford Escort wagon, and it was had red seats, and I spray-painted it with white with big white polka dots with the question mark on the, on the ceiling. So people were like, what the F is that? So, yes, it was, it was, a, it was a mobile turd. Or you know what? While I uh, completely agree with her assessment that sounds like a rolling turd, I got to be honest. I'm intrigued. You painted a question mark. On the hood, I you're right. That works. I'd definitely be asking what the fuck that was when I saw it too, for sure. So you are 100 percent correct. You got that one right on the mark. Oh wow, um, Nurse Juna, what, what your first car? Stylish ride, rolling turd. Well, I, I mean, if you call a silver Nissan Sentra, what was that? 89. If you want to call that a well, I'm aging myself. If you really want to call that, I don't know where that falls in between. <laughs> <It wasn't laughs> no, how, did you like it? Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, my two. It was a uh, two door Central. You know those when they. Oh, I love that car. Stick shift. See, I didn't I'm going to say to, she's. The, I, you were going with it was a stylish ride. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I didn't know. Yeah, I, th- I think we got a. Mine was stylish. Mine was stylish. (laughs) Ma'am, let's be real clear, okay? Yours may have been, and I'm going to use this term loosely, stylish, but (laughs) any any vehicle that any vehicle that has been spray painted falls squarely within turdish land. Okay, now. It was a stylish rolling turd. It was. It was. It was unique. (laughs) Yeah, unique for sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's definitely unique. Oh, wow. Uh, all right, Dr. Sandy, question four. <laughs> They're having fun with this. Okay. If your house is on fire, everyone, including your pets, are safe. 
other than pictures, what's the one thing you want to get out of your house? My computer. Yeah, you took mine. See, oh, I was really that, expecting a sledgehammer. Okay. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I had to get my favorite claw hammer out of there. So. <laughs> <laughs> my toolbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, see, a computer is. I like that. Okay, before I, I'm, I want to hear what Miss Juna, Miss Juna. It was computer for me because I actually keep it somewhere. I always try to think of the things. Okay. If a fire occurs, and it's usually no, my no, no. Actually, I really love that answer because we get. Mm-hmm off the wall people will be like oh my great uncle ted made me a fake moose head and i really like it and i'm like your house is on fire that's what you're grabbing you know i'm like i'm grabbing my goddamn cell phone so i can call 911 but everybody else is just nope so no i think the computer is actually cuz we had so yeah so many people said pictures we had to outlaw it like you can't even pick pictures anymore because of it but yeah because again i said the same thing i was like yeah pictures mean a lot i get it it's sentimental but i need my phone <laughs> like my, my phone my computer yeah so all right all right ladies we're coming up on the last one here we go it's a thinker this is the fun one. Uh, oh boy question five you have nine dollars 18 cents in your pocket you're at the convenience store or the gas station. What all do you buy? Is my car all empty? A monster. Probably <laughs> pistachios to get me through my shift. And <laughs> a monster? Okay, which monster? Oh, It's either going to be the white one or it's going to be the green one. The original? No, the green one. I don't know if it's watermelon. I don't okay. know which one it is. It's the, it's oh apple. I think it's apple. And right. the other so pistachios or something uh-huh. like protein type uh-huh. stuff, and then uh-huh. a monster, and then maybe if I didn't have a, well, maybe I would bring a water. I think you're over your budget. No, I'm not. Right. Yeah, I was oh. saying. I think I was gonna say I'm with Judah. I was like Miss Judah. <laughs> I would be. So we'll yeah, say pistachios now. and a apple monster. Right. I would say, so it sounds to me like you don't care about your blood pressure. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Highly salted pistachio and, and liquid adrenaline is what I just heard. She said she was going to pick up. All right, Ms. Nurse Juna, what are you getting? Mine is, mine is really simple. I love water, and I'm going to get those uh, peanut M&Ms. Oh, yeah. I'm walking to act. Oh, you know, I had so much hope. I didn't know what I was expecting, but water and peanut M and M's. Could you have said a more boring ass answer? Than, yeah, I was gonna say the only thing you could have said that was more boring if you'd be like, "I'm gonna get water with a side of water." Like, I don't know what else you could have said. Wait, wait, wait! I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna press here. So, so water and peanut M and M's. So you're at like three bucks. You got like six bucks left. Yeah, you okay. got six bucks. I had to, so I got to admit. I'm trying to do better. But here we go. Yeah. I'd have to get that Pepsi. I'm trying there we to go. I'm gonna stay up at night. Oh, you work during the day. You yeah, work. but I do the Pepsi. I'm, I, I, do I have to really just act like Pepsi's don't exist. So I kind of, you know, told a fib. It would have been a Pepsi. Oh, I Pepsi. got a coworker like that with Coke. She's always like, you can't even say the word regular Coke around her. She'll lose yes. her mind. And I'm like, yeah, oh my I God. Do. So if I keep just telling embrace myself, it. <laughs> If I keep telling myself I'm a love of water, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, your love of bland peanut M and M's and water. That's great. Okay, so but that's still like five fifty. 
Well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you one of them? Are you one of the ones that has to get the fancy water? Are you just like a Poland Springs? Or are you like, no, I need the pH balance, 7.5. Smart yeah, water. With, perfect, yeah, perfectly yeah. balanced core. Like, which one are you? I feel attacked, but that is true. <laughs> That's why I know that. <laughs> which one was it? I, I heard attacked, but I. Budget because, yeah, it is the. The water. It's the, the bougie water. water. Yeah. Okay. The bougie. Okay. Okay. You water. Say the food. <laughs> I know it's good and healthy for us. My husband says the same darn water that's over there in the, you know, but anyway. No. <laughs> I don't think so. No. He just does. He's country. It's He's right. country. <laughs> well. <laughs> He's one of them southern ones that did the whole water hose. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I say, I'm old enough. I remember having to drink out of a hose. So <laughs> I just thought everybody's mouth on that. Even as a kid, I just thought this is not going to work. Grandma, can I have? <laughs> I have the bougie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She get a, They didn't have some, fancy water. No, they didn't. Then. Grandma, get you, but it's just <clears> the thought of five or six cousins on a. I'm okay. Then you think about yeah, yeah. Well, that uh, that concludes five questions. That's gonna also. I know, right? It was fun. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I was nervous. No, see, nervous. No, yeah, never nervous with us. It's also gonna wrap up our show. Again, I'm gonna throw it out there just because I want to make sure that. If you haven't heard it the last seven times we've talked about it, unitednurshesmarch.com. Go register for it. May 12th. If you're not going to register for it, if you're not going to be able to be there, at least reach out and make sure you're advocating to your senators, House representative members. Let them know that these bills need to get passed so we can start making some positive changes in health care. Ladies, thank you very much for coming on the show with us tonight. It has been wonderful. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, and I, I'm I'm glad that you guys were here to balance out the, you know, the beauty of Tom over there. See, there's all this beauty that's on this, all this beautiful <laughs> on the screen here. It's so. been beautiful. It's been it beautiful. Been so beautiful. <laughs> I could. I, I say, I'm beautiful. I uh, I mean, it's just it is what it is. I can't hide it from the world any longer, Ben. Awesome. Though, though I'm going to be honest, every time I say I'm beautiful, people laughing hysterically is starting to make me doubt whether or this is as solid an answer as I thought it was. I just exactly, exactly, percent on that. Oh, I'm beautiful. I got it. You, you guys are beautiful people, so thank you so much. <laughs> well, on that beautiful note, make sure you wash your hands, wear your mask, have a great week. Hey everybody, stay safe out there. Stay safe. Thank you. Just to pass the time. Lately I see why I am alone. I caught some road bridge and I thought of you. And all the many times you say I should have known.